Hey, welcome back to the City Boy Rock Podcast. You are listening to episode 31. I'm one of your hosts, Vincent Trent. And I'm your other host, Fred Sakar. And we're going to lead off the show today by talking about the uh, groundbreaking boycott that the NBA players held um, and that all the other sports followed. Um, we're also going to be talking about the second round series and finishing up the first round series for the NBA playoffs, along with our reactions to Leonard Fournette's release this morning and where he's and Alvin Kamara also um, deciding to hold out. So we'll see how much of an impact that that has on the Saints. Um, so a lot of sports to talk about today, football, basketball. Actually, we're probably going to touch on all types of sports. Um, like monumental stuff happened this past week, and uh, can't wait to talk to you guys about it. See you all soon. Thank you, guys. Peace. What is going on, Stray? How are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty well myself. Uh, we also got some guests on the show. They're all in the same apartment right now. Uh, Amit is on the show. He's been on episode three. We got Donald and we got Jamal. Say what's up, guys. What's going on? How's it going? What's up, guys? Yeah, um, I think this is Donald's first time. And then Amit's, Amit hasn't been on since episode three, I believe. And then we got um, Jamal on, who's a regular guest. So very exciting stuff. The first thing I want to talk to you guys about today is the uh, NBA boycott, the thing that we – I don't think any of us saw it coming. Um, it was a groundbreaking movement across all sports, actually. I mean, the NBA started it and all the other sports leagues. Like, I saw Naomi Osaka in tennis. She decided not to play her semifinal matches. Um, I saw baseball players deciding not to play um, their games. And in general, just a big movement of sports. Just, just They just put all sports aside and said, you know, whatever happening right now in America is much, much bigger than sports. So I just want to ask what were you guys' initial reaction to seeing this all unfold? Okay, this is Donald. You know, a little preface here. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, first off. Pretty big honor. No problem. No problem. But um, I'd say it's probably, like, the best thing they've ever done in terms of, like, just in the last, you know, dealing with Black Lives Matter, like, this year. Like, I think – you know, putting stuff on their jerseys and putting stuff on the court is was important, but I didn't feel like it was, like, enough. That makes sense. Like, at the end of the day, they're still just playing the game, so just, you know, people can still watch and be entertained. But I feel like this, actually, like, postpone the game. Going, like, it feels like you're, they're actually having, like, a serious impact and creating. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I love watching, like, especially baseball every day. But... I don't know. I think this is the best thing they've done. They've done. I think, but also that they could have done more. Because I feel like, I mean, you have. To, I feel like it's hard, obviously, from like a, three different sports to come like and have like an agreement on what you should do, like or make requirements on what you want to happen before you return. But I think like that would have been like the most effective thing. Like, we're not going to play until this happens until like, you know, Breonna Taylor's killers get arrested, you know, something along those lines. But obviously I do think that's impossible. Yeah. I, I, um, the NBA actually had, I think it was like three, three um, agreed like commitments. It was um, making the NBA arenas voting locations. They also created ads that were promoting civic uh, engagement. And they also established a social justice coalition um, with reps from 
players, coaches, and governors. So they really put their, you know, they 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 left a mark in in American politics, and I have something that we've never seen before, especially from a sports league. Like this is probably, I mean, we've never seen in our lifetimes. I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened since Muhammad Ali, since we've seen anything like this. So um, I'm just very proud of the NBA. Uh, they they really took, you know, they spoke up for what they believed in, and um, it's it's great to see that they're not just athletes; they're more they're they're people first, and at the end of the day. Um, what they did was very necessary. And I feel like playing the game itself was great. I mean, it gives them a platform, but I feel like them, which is wearing a shirt is not going to do all the work that it needs to do. And, um, them boycotting games is going to have a huge impact because people are going to miss sports. Yeah. At the end of the day, people are like, why aren't they playing? And then you're going to look at this. And as long as you're raising awareness, um, and making people really just look into things and research, that's the biggest impact it could probably have. And the voting thing, voting is, the most important thing that they wanted to um, yeah. get out of this thing. So they, they got that down a lot. I think they registered a bunch of voters. Chris, Chris Paul, I saw, like, got the whole team yeah. registered. Because only 20% so, of the NBA players were registered to vote, I believe. Some stat like that. It was in the low 20s, maybe even 30s. But, yeah, um, they wanted to get themselves registered along with getting a lot of people who don't have the facilities and access to be registered, registered. So I think... Um, voting obviously goes a long way. Um, it's our civic duty to vote. Um, so I think that was a great thing they did. And obviously the boycott, I think that was like the most they probably could have done with the circumstances, circumstances they were with, cause they're in a bubble. They really can't go out and protest or anything, obviously, cause they can't leave the bubble. And I heard a lot of players like Fred Van Fleet, players were saying all those jersey slogans and the black lives matter on the court and all those um advertisements um before the games and stuff it was just kind of getting washed out and they felt like it wasn't really making as much of an impact as it did when the nba first started um during the restart so they i I guess they just had to do something to gain awareness and obviously this did that because all the other sports followed suit. NFL canceled practices. The MLB postponed games. Obviously, um, some tennis matches were canceled. So um, it was a great movement that the NBA started. Obviously, they didn't really have much of a plan after. So that's why, obviously, they um, came back to playing games. Because I don't really know. Like they, that, I think that's why um, a lot of teams voted to play again, other than the Lakers and Clippers. Um, it's just, they just didn't know what else they could have done on, obviously, because what were they going to do? Just go home and just like sit there. And I don't know what they could have really done, but getting the owners involved, getting the whole league involved, I feel like that gives you a bigger platform, um, to get your message across. So obviously it was, it was something that was unprecedented and we have never seen before in our lifetimes. So it was just, I'm proud of them for um, taking a stand and being the first ones to do it. Um, The NBA has always been ahead of the curve in um, these type of things. Like, obviously, they were the ones that um, shut down the season before anyone else due to the coronavirus and everyone else followed suit. So I think the NBA is setting a really good example in terms of just making their players more than just athletes, which they obviously are. But they're really emphasizing that. So I'm really proud of them.
Yeah, can I just uh, hop on that? Um, I was going to just agree that, like, it seems like in every uh, situation like this, the NBA is much more just progressive than the other three major leagues. Like, well, yeah, yeah, the NBA is, like, the only not only started this, but they're the only ones who had, like, requirements, as you guys are saying. So I just feel like I'm, it just makes, like, the other leagues things a lot more disappointing when they really don't do much except for postpone a game or two. Or like, Especially the NFL. Yeah, like, the NHL barely did anything. The NFL, uh, I, except for, like, the Rams. I feel like... I feel like before this year, I mean, the NBA was the only league doing anything. Like, before this whole – the entire George Floyd thing, because I think that's what triggered all the other leagues to actually step mm-hmm. in. And like the I Can't Breathe but... um, hoodies and shirts um, in 2014. Yeah. Like, nobody else did that. So, they've always been progressive. They've always been ahead of the curve in this type of thing – in this type of stuff. So, got to give them their props. Jamal, Amit? Um, I feel like you guys kind of summed up my opinion. Uh, I was a little hesitant about the effectiveness of the movement at first because, like, like you were saying, the Raptors were the ones, like, really expressing their discontent. But I wasn't sure if the movement would become league-wide because I was worried, like, if there was only one or two teams, the message wouldn't be received with a lot of enthusiasm. But I was really impressed by the ability of the NBA to kind of bond together as a league as a well. whole. And I think my only complaint would be – I wish it would have lasted longer because the NBA has like such a large impact on many different industries. And it's like billions of dollars are being invested in NBA and players on a daily basis. And if um, maybe it were to be extended for some period of time, it would result in some hopefully uh, expedited legislative change. Cause you know, a lot of these um, political changes, they're influenced by the efforts of lobbying. So when people don't, start to lose out on their money, that kind of encourages action to be action to happen. But mm-hmm. that's like a big if and like the fact that just this was able to be um this was able to get done is kind of extremely impressive as it is. So yeah. I think it could have been longer um if uh they weren't in a bubble, but I feel like they were there to accomplish the mission, I guess. So they didn't like I I we you already saw like Paul George, he was depressed. Um, a lot of the guys were getting tired of the bubble, so I feel like that played a part in that um, boycott being a little shorter. But I think they're, if they're outside of the bubble, maybe the season would not have come back at all or some, something along those lines. They might have waited a little longer to come back. Um, yeah, the, I think the boycott lasted, what, it was two yeah. days? Imagine if it went for, like, two weeks. I feel like it would have been really- there, would be, there would have been something legislatively that would have just – Something would happen. I I think so for sure. Um, Jamal, you got anything to say? Yeah, uh, I remember. I don't remember exactly how long ago it was. I remember like a Fox analyst told LeBron James to just shut up and dribble. That whole movement, yeah. you know, is obviously just antagonizing that whole that that thing. You know, we're basketball players. We're not here to just play basketball. We're also human beings. You know, we're gonna here to strive for our beliefs and just you know, what's going on in our country. That's like focus of what has been going on. You know, they they decided to boycott this for a greater cause, and I I applaud them for that because they use the NBA as a platform to change, at least, you know, show what they are feeling. I think it's great that they did that. Um, I also say I'm gonna say this. I think NBA players have the biggest 
celebrity in all the, all four major sports, mm-hmm. I think. Because um, we all know football players, if you're not a quarterback or like a superstar wide receiver, you're not really getting that platform. I feel like the NBA players have that big platform. They're on the cereal boxes. They're on commercials. They have those, those shoe deals, those massive shoe deals. Um, I think them using their celebrity and their platform for good is probably going to have the most impact, you know, individually for sure as a league in general i feel like if the whatever the nfl does is going to have a major major impact um because they're the ones breaking in that big amount of money so we'll see what happens with the nfl but um it's a great step forward for what what the nba started um but yeah so um with that being said is there you you guys got anything any last thoughts on this boycott no i got i got nothing all right so now we're gonna move on um, to the playoff bas- playoff basketball that's going on right now. The OKC Thunder, Houston Rockets playing tonight, game six. Um, all the other series have been decided besides the Jazz. the Jazz and Nuggets and the Rockets and Thunder. So give me a quick little prediction. What's going to happen? Are the Rockets going to close out tonight? Is going to go to game seven? Is OKC going to win? Let me know. Oh, this series is Like. The only reason it even is going to six is because Westbrook was missing out in those first two games or whatever, three or four games. And the fact that he played pretty bad relatively in the last game and they still blew him out by 40 is just mind-boggling. So when this team is at full strength, they're forced directly. Yeah. yeah. This, this, oh, go ahead, Jamal. Oh, sorry, yeah. Because, like, not like stagger Harden's minutes because I feel like Harden had to play a lot of minutes. Because... Russell Westbrook is back. They can kind of stagger the minutes and just stretch the lead. So, yeah, I think it's over. I agree. I thought that was your Western Conference Finals team, you know? The, the OKC Thunder. He's going to actually still put up a 50 piece. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Jamal did say, Jamal said, I think uh, it was OKC in five. I remember that, if I remember correctly. I got it. Yeah, this, this, this series is a wrap. Um, the Rockets are just too much. They have too much firepower. I do not think the Thunder have enough shooting. Uh, they've realized that they just don't have to guard Lou Dort um, on defense. So it's basically just four on five um, when OKC's on offense. And the Rockets are locking up now. Like They, they allowed 80 points. Who would have thought with that lineup of no big men that, that they would allow the least points that have been scored in the bubble? Yeah, adding on to that, like, if I'm the Thunder right now, I just got blown out by 40 points, and my morale would be at, like, such an all-time low. Like, I would have no confidence as it is. So I really just don't see, like, Chris Paul or anyone really being able to band a team together after getting getting um, handed so so badly. Um, yeah, I'm going Rockets probably in six. Even if it gets to seven, Rockets will win that game. Uh Russell Westbrook has a huge impact. Even if he's not hitting threes, that drive and kick game that yeah. he has is just disgusting. Like, there's always an open man. And when you're doubling Harden, now you got to worry about Westbrook. And, I mean, it's just – there's too many shooters. We see what happens when the Rockets get open threes. They'll, like, six out of seven six – out of, six out of ten times they'll hit it. Um, Jeff Green looking real good. P.J. Tucker from the corners looking real good. I mean, the team is just – Daniel going House. To shoot their – Daniel House. Everybody can hit threes. I'm – if they win this series, I'm telling you the Lakers should be worried. This is no Portland, all right? Houston is coming for their heads, 
And I don't know, I don't know how many games it's gonna take, but I'm telling you, it's gonna, it's not gonna be as easy as it was against Portland. Yeah, the Trailblazers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, also, um, gotta shout my boy, my boy Shay. You know, he'll be good, but you know, the inexperience did show last game. He had like yeah, and struggled. Him struggled and Dort, on yeah. defense. Um, they were struggling. Uh, D'Antoni's been in these situations before. Harden has been in these situations. Westbrook, the whole team is built. For the playoffs, um, they they were here to play and they're here to win. So I'm going to the Rockets in six. Mm-hmm. All right, the next series, uh, we are we predicting Game Seven? Yeah, yes, we game are predicting seven. Game we Seven. We got a Game Seven alert. Um, Utah Jazz versus uh, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw, but Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell are different. Um, they, they're literally carrying their teams for the most part. Um, obviously we saw Jamal Murray drop 50, um, yesterday on nine of 12 from three. So he's, he's been on fire. I think he's, he has like a hundred and like 20 something points in the last three games or 140 actually in the last three games. Um, so who do y'all think is about to win game seven? Uh, I'm going to start off. I'm going to go with. Uh, Denver Nuggets. I had Denver win the series. They were down 3-1 earlier, but I mean, Jamal Murray has exploded as we saw. Um, he is in a zone right now that I I don't think I've seen since Kobe. Um, I think he's the first player since MJ to score 40 consecutive point or three consecutive 40-point games in a playoff series. So that's insane. Uh, the Jazz want to win this these series. They got to double. They got to double Jamal Murray. As simple as that. Because I'm t- like no. If you double Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, these games are going to be so much like low, low scoring because nobody on the rest of the teams can hitch any shots. Um, Jamal Murray is feeling it right now. Now they can bring guests in. So, you know, if his girl's there, he's going to show out. Oh, so he's going God. To another 50 piece if his girl's there. Uh, I think, I think from what we saw, we saw last night, we saw how Jamal Murray was after the game. It was, um, it was some, it was a sight to see. He dropped 50 and then I think he was shedding tears. Very emotional. About everything yeah. that was going on. So, um, Jamal Murray is, skyrocketing in my list of favorite players but yeah he's he's in his own right now i don't think anybody can stop him yeah um i got uh i got um denver in this um i think if the jazz were gonna win this series they had to win yesterday um i think they're dead in the water right now um d mitch down the stretch it's just d mitch or bust can hit a shot um gobert is pretty much useless on offense towards the fourth um, he can't get those easy pick and rolls and stuff he gets in the first three quarters. Um, Royce O'Neal just can't really hit shots when he needs to. Um, Mike Conley's here and there. Um, he hit he hit one big shot yesterday, but besides that, it's just all Mitchell. Um, and I Gobert Gobert been looking yeah good. Gobert yeah the first three quarters he looks fine and then the fourth he just disappears. I feel um, they, and they were very frustrated yesterday. We saw Gobert kick in the chair after a missed defensive assignment by Mike Conley. Um, they're obviously not double-teaming Jamal Murray for some reason. I have no idea why. Um, this used to be a very good defensive team. Feels like they've fallen off after they lost Derek Favors for some reason. But, um, yeah, I got Denver winning this. Um, they're, they're also going to be a better matchup for the Clippers, too. I'll have to agree. I think going to win. Um, they haven't played Bobo at all. I don't think you will ever play. I just <laughs> What? <laughs> but, I don't know. I think um, FPJ's been playing really good. Uh, 
Uh, nah, he had nah. one good game, bro. I think he's he's not like carrying the team, but he got benched. Doing something. Um, Nicola's no, they're fine. I I I think this one the series proved one thing: it's Jamal Murray runs his team, not Jokic. That's the one thing the series will prove. Because yeah. as soon as they started playing through Murray, that's when they start winning these games. But. And then when they were playing through Jokic, it was three one deficit. So it's it's clearly leaning towards the Jamal Murray's team now. Yeah. Yo, uh, quick question. While we're on the topic of Jamal Murray, obviously you guys are talking about you know if he has another point or even or he is like he's on like the same level or not skill but like you know, certain points scored in the playoff series or whatever. My question is if he continues this point scoring, you know. This year and continuing into you know the next couple of years, does that infamous video affect it? <laughs> Yo, <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I mean, obviously he's nobody really is talking about it now, so I don't think it's gonna affect him. Uh, but we'll see how he does um, outside of the bubble when there's actually like a crowd and stuff. Because we've seen a lot of players just randomly just pop off. I mean, obviously. Murray is a different animal. He's very, very good. Um, he's always been prone to popping off um, in terms of scoring. Like, we've seen him um, play really well in spurts. Um, but to this, this is, like, the first huge stretch. Uh, we've seen him just pop off. So, we'll see if he can carry it on to next season. But he can definitely be in that top five-ish to seven um, point guard category next year for sure. I'll say this: uh, controversy builds character, and um, we've seen Jamal's character, man. This dude is—he's uh, a dog. He didn't let anything phase him. Um, he's just—he's just a baller, yeah. man. Like he's just hitting shots. He man, doesn't care. Conf- his confidence level is through the roof right now. <laughs> and like Mike Malone said last year, I think he—he sh- he wasn't playing as well in the playoffs, but this year, I mean, he was hitting clutch shots. But we haven't seen anything like this before. And he's—he was hurt, and um, I think he's really just out here to prove something. I don't know to who, but he's proven to everybody, actually. Yeah. All right, Mitt, go ahead, man. Yeah, I feel like like you guys are saying, like, the one knock on Jamal Murray up until this point has been his consistency. He's had, like, a lot of flashes of potential, but he's never been, like, that consistent 25, 20-plus scorer a game, and he's really been able to kind of change that impression of the series. And for the sake of argument, like, I I – um. I do think the Jazz are actually going to win because I feel like the last couple of games, like you said, they haven't been double-teaming Murray enough, and their coaching regime was kind of underperforming. But I feel like Donovan Mitchell, like as great of a player Jamal Murray is, like I think Donovan Mitchell is probably one of the top five clutch players, if not a top three clutch player. And I feel like he's going to – Whoa. A bold proclamation. In terms of clutch players uh, – uh, I feel like there's very few you can make a case for besides Donovan Mitchell. Damian Lillard for sure, but then after that, I feel like it gets a little bit hate. Kawhi, KD. Yeah, still, I said top five, though. So, I I really don't think you can come up with four other people or five other people that are more clutch than Donovan Mitchell. And I feel like that's – like, the Jazz on paper, they're definitely outmatched, but no one expected them to get this far. And I feel they got in them for one more game. I think it's going to come down to a last-minute shot, man, in this series. Or it's going to be a blowout. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up this series. 
now we're gonna hop into the second round with the teams that are already in and playing right now. Um, so first team, I'm gonna ask you guys: uh, Raptors, Celtics. Celtics took game one. They actually like destroy the Raptors. So are, is everybody gonna say Celtics in four? That's my real question. Because I know I know recency bias gets the best of some people. Yeah. Here. Um, I got. I still. I'm holding out hope on the Raptors. I think. They were, like, very affected by the events um, that happened last week. Um, a lot of them were considering leaving. Um, that's what Kyle Lowry was saying. So I think they were just a little rattled and uh, uh, kind of rusty because they hadn't played in about a week. So um, I think they'll get their pickers back to what they've been playing the whole season. It was very, very poor that last game. Celtics were getting easy buckets at the rim. Um Obviously, Tatum and uh, Kemba were popping off. Uh, I don't think Marcus Smart is going to go five of seven or whatever he went from three every game. So I think this is going to be a very close series. Um, The Raptors are going to lock up next game. I think they're going to win. It's going to be back and forth for sure. I think it's going to go seven, and I got the Raptors in seven still. I have to agree with that. I feel like this team is too well coached. They got too many veterans, and they got too many people – who you can count on to be blown out again, let alone, um, yeah, lose lose two in a row to the Celtics at that very young core. And I agree with you in that sense. That's going to be Raptors in seven. Siakam's got to play better though. He can't yeah. be he can't be using that same move every single time. The little spin, yeah. the yeah. little spin. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, we got a next series also in the East. Very very intriguing series. Um, we got the Heat. Miami. And the Bucks, a lot of people, a lot of people have been on that heat train recently. I don't know where it's coming from, um, but yes, a lot of people are saying heats are what. A lot of people are saying heat in like six or seven. That's crazy. I got the Bucks in six. I mean, I know the Bucks have struggled against them in the regular season, but come on, bro, come on now, come on now. When, when was this heat hype earlier, man? But uh, yeah, hey, I've been on the Bucks heat bandwagon six. since day one as a Heat fan, so. Since the LeBron days, man. Day one. Since the LeBron days. Yeah, man. Day one. Kelly Leonard pop up for 30 points. All right, look. What we have seen from the Bucks this postseason is if Giannis is able to get going, the rest of the team can't pick him up. And I think that's very a true. bunch of very great, true. versatile defensive players with Bam, Jay Crowder, Iguodala, Jimmy Butler that are going to be very helpful to stop Giannis. And I especially, I feel like that Bam-Giannis matchup, that's something that it has a lot of potential. And the reason I'm saying that is I actually just played Jamal in 2K when he was a Bucks and I was Miami. Please. I beat you yesterday. Hey, but I, I didn't I didn't put Bam on Giannis. Yeah, Bam is the Giannis stopper. I'm telling you, you guys are going to see it in the series. You heard it here first. Okay, so Miami and six. Miami and six. Yeah, let's talk about reality. Miami okay, and talk... six. Okay, okay, let's talk about reality. Okay. So Miami is a good team. I'm not... There's no very I'm not versatile, that. I'm very not deep, that. very talented. They got a go-to proven scorer in the clutch. Miami in six. Who's the, the Greek who's fraud? The go-to Jimmy Butler. Hello. Let him finish. The Greek fraud has shown time and time again that even though he definitely has the talent to, there's no reason that they shouldn't have made the finals last year. But even though they have all that talent, they haven't been able to put together, and then teams too overly relying on him. In the sense that when he's failing, no one's able to pick him up. Really expect Chris Middleton to to lead them to a victory if Giannis is in trouble. Absolutely not. Let's no, but I expect Sterling Brown to. <laughs> Listen, I 
Miami, I feel like, is just too young right now, bro. Like, the this Bucks team is filled with vets and experience, and I think that's what's going to carry them to, to victory. We can talk about um, Dragic, Jay Crowder, Iguodala, Jimmy. And then you got Tyler Hero. Duncan you Robinson. Andrew. You got Duncan that, Robinson. You got a bunch of young guys a, on the team who haven't won yet. Yeah. Yeah, UD, bro. My man's coming out. Like, not crazy you make it out to be. I'll tell you that, that much. I would say I would say this. Listen, the Heat, I would say, pose the biggest threat outside the Raptors and Celtics. Well, that that makes sense because they are the what the fifth seed. But uh, like, I just don't see it happening. I don't know where this hype is coming from for the Heat. That's it's the craziest. Yeah, thing it's ever. not like it's not um, like they crushed the Pacers in all the four games. They're decently close. Um, uh, it was a sweep, but it, they weren't blowing them out. Um, I think they are a good matchup for the Bucks. They have a lot of guys they can throw at Giannis, but I think the Bucks are just going to be too much for them in the end. Um, I think it's going to go six or seven um, because of the Heat's toughness. Um, but I still got the Bucks taking it. Um, I don't think the Heat have enough firepower to stop Giannis. One three point. I don't league in percentage. Huh? Pretty sure. The Bucks are a good three-point shooting team too, bro. I'm just saying they they definitely have the firepower. Well, listen, bro. Me and Shred do not like the Bucks. Like we just don't like the Bucks. But the fact that we're saying that they that, that we're picking them over Heat is just how confident we are. But do the do the Heat have Giannis or a player on the level of Giannis? I don't think so. <laughs> listen, like 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 you said, Amit. You said if Giannis doesn't go if Giannis doesn't go off the Heat, the Bucks are done. Bamsy, I mean. All, all Giannis needs to do is go off, have four of those crazy games, which I know he can do. Four of those games in seven, four games, four crazy games in seven games. I think he can do that. But the the, the question is, if it ha- if it does go to game seven, I don't think Giannis will show and, up. Just then. And, <laughs> and Bam is also he's also pretty young. Um, I don't, I don't think he's the greatest matchup for Giannis. I mean, it might have worked in 2K, but it, I don't think he, – he's definitely not fast enough for Giannis. I don't think he's laterally quick enough for Giannis. So, I just don't see how they're going to be able to stop him. They're going to have to use the, that Raptors defense that they used last year, have someone – one of their top wing defenders on him and then just build a wall every single possession in transition. That's the only way I see them pulling it out in seven, but I think Giannis is going to be too much at the end. Well, we will find out at 6.30 p.m. Oh, wait, Jamal, who is your pick? We're going to answer this. Yeah. Bucks and six? Seven? Six. Oh, six. Okay. All right. Um, And then, I mean, the other two series will be to be determined. Lakers-Rockets are going to be fun. Um. I don't want to predict that yet. I don't want to jinx my Rockets yet. Uh, next team. Your Rockets? Next thing. Yes, my Rockets. I'm claiming them. I've been, I've been saying that Harden's going to win the chip this, and what, ever, since the bubbles, ever since the bubble was announced. I've been saying that. I said Harden is not distracted anymore. He's going to win the chip. Low key. Lowest of low keys. All right. Next, next thing we're going to talk about right now is uh, NFL football. We're going to be talking about, you know, my boy Leonard Fournette. My guy got released by the Jags. Uh, whoever has him in fantasy, keep him. Do not release him. He's going to go to a good team, and he's going to succeed. He's just, he's that good. Leonard Fournette is gone. The Jags are done. I think um, – I don't even know what they're doing anymore. Like, the team is just – I don't 
I don't even know where to start with this team. It's it's a show of what what it was back in 2017. That was literally three years ago, and now the team is just. Uh, I guess they're tanking for Trevor. I honestly don't know what they're doing. I don't know where the front office their head is. I don't know, but yeah, what kind of impact does this have? And who do you guys think will will fit? What team would you think will pick up Fournette? Um, I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, but somebody on Twitter was talking that he might come to a the new anointed Washington football team. Yes, sir. Hey. I've been predicting that. I've been predicting that, too. After Geis is gone, I feel like Fournette would be the perfect perfect thing for perfect you guys. Replacement. And let me tell you something also. I knew Geis was fishy the second he posted that picture with him uh, with Trump at the White House. I knew. I knew he yeah, was there was something. There was something. There was always something fishy about him. Um Wait, he's a he's a Trump guy. I did not see, I did not see that picture, but I'm gonna have to look into it. He posted with him, and then he was like, "He's my president." He's not, he didn't say like he supports him, but he's the president, so I have to show my respects or whatever. Yo, oh god, Darius, man, funny guy. Um, yeah, I, I go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I think no, you go uh, ahead. I think well, obviously Washington would be a great spot. Um, we do need a running back, and he's he's still really young. It's only um his fourth year, I think, or third. Um, it would be a third, third year. year. Um, so, I mean, he, he would be great. I would love to have him here because we haven't had like a solid running back for the future in a long time. Uh, and relax, Alfred Morris, man. Okay, stop it. <laughs> they 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 ran him out of Washington, bro. They did my boy dirty. Um, but uh, I think other spots could pro- possibly be um, the Rams. Maybe um, I feel like they need a, a solid number one guy. Um, they have kind of a committee of average dudes that I don't really trust. Um, and also the Seahawks. Um, Chris Carson, he has struggled with injuries throughout his career. Um, and I feel like Chris Carson and Leonard Fournette would be an amazing one-two punch, e- even if Chris Par- Carson was healthy. Um, that would be a dangerous duo out of the backfield. Um, and that would also help Russell Wilson. He, also, he obviously hasn't had the greatest help, um, but that also also wouldn't be addressing the needs they have on the offensive line. So um, I think those would be three pretty good landing spots. Maybe the Bucks, even though they have Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy. But, yeah. Uh, it hurts my soul seeing Fournette go on the market. I mean, that's one of my favorite running backs. I always wish he'd stay in Jacksonville longer because he's getting that bulk of the carries every time. And he's gonna keep. He's gonna, people are gonna keep sleeping on him. But now, he has a chance to go to the Washington Football Team, and that hurts my soul. This guy's a beast. I'm telling you, if he goes to a good team with a solid O line, and a team that has a, a a quarterback who can throw the ball, the that defenses won't stack the box against. Um, he's gonna go for like 1,500 yards rushing, no cap. Like that's how good mm-hmm. he is. He went number. He went to fourth overall for a reason. The thing about Fournette is that his contract's coming up. Uh, I don't. I think it's coming up this year. So after this year, you're going to re-sign him. I don't know how much he's going to ask for, but wherever he goes, he's going to ball out. I hope he doesn't go to D.C. That's going to hurt my soul, man. That's going to hurt me so bad. Uh, I, I hope – I mean, I'm another team I'm scared of that that might pick him up is the Eagles. I know Miles Sanders is there, but the Eagles I have that so, one. I swear to Sanders God if they pick and Fournette. Him if it's Fournette and Sanders, just give him the division, man. Because Wentz not going to have to throw this drop back and throw it that many mm-hmm. times. Another uh, yeah, sneaky I, spot, scary. the Chargers. They could combine Fournette and Austin Eckler. Eckler. 
That would be a one. That would be mm. that would be Melvin Gordon plus with Austin Eckler. Like, I because I think Fournette is a lot better than Melvin Gordon. Honestly, I don't. I'm not really sold on Mel, Melvin Gordon. Fournette and Austin Eckler would be a great um, one-two punch. It will kind of be like that um, lightning and thunder they had in uh, New Orleans with Kamara and um, Mark Ingram. And they obviously don't have like a like a future starter in Tyrod Taylor, so I feel like a good running game would complement him very well. So that could be a sneaky spot, but we'll see. Amit. Yeah, I feel like you guys pretty much summed it up. I'm I'm kind of with you on the sense that the Washington football team seems like the most logical destination for him, especially when Dwayne Haskins throws for. 100 yards each game. You know, they <laughs> three interceptions. <laughs> Don't disrespect my mans, bro. No, I think I could be a better. Yeah, be better bro. They threw him into the fire with no first team reps, um, with not a great offensive line, not good weapons. Um, even though the weapons aren't that improved this year, one more year under his belt. Um, hopefully, a better. I mean, anything is better than Jay Gruden, so. I'm not a believer in him, but we'll we'll see how it turns. He was he was improving in those last four games. Yeah, and like every game he's getting better. Right. I think Hask- I think Haskin will be at like almost like 3,500 yards this year, and I know that's a steep I- number, but I feel like he could get that easily. Yeah, especially though it'll be behind a lot. I feel like Haskin's gonna get those get those numbers. Yeah, up. And my what? boy Terry McLaurin going for 1,500 yards. You already know. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. Let's get to uh, let's get to a thousand first, man. Um, and another another story just broke. Alvin Kamara has also has also sat out or decided to hold out. I know somebody right now on this call who drafted him fourth overall, I believe. Over Ezekiel Elliott. Over Ezekiel. Over Ezekiel Elliott. Anything to say? No comment. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, <laughs> hey, listen. To, to, in all honesty, I did not know, or all fairness, I did not know he was gonna sit out. I that was back. My, I I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know. Like, I hope he's not demanding like top running back money because he's not a top running back. Um, without Mark Ingram, um, we saw him struggle a lot last year. Touchdowns were down. Yards per carry was down. Um, without that solid second guy. I mean, Latavius Murray is good, but he's no Mark Ingram. So uh, I think the Saints, uh, they should be fine uh, if he sits out games, honestly. Um, Latavius Murray played very well um, when he stepped in as a starter. Um, and obviously you have Drew Brees, you have Emmanuel Sanders, you have Michael Thomas. I mean, they're set. Jared Cook, too. Um, they'll be fine without him. Um but hopefully they can have him back because that will be a great help to them too, along the uh, down the road. Dre, I actually uh, beg to differ with your claim that he's not one of the top running backs. And the reason I say that, like that's true that his stats went down and all that, but he was playing through injuries the entire year, even before he went down, and I'm sure that had a significant impact on his performance. And even then, after all that, he was still averaging four and a half yards of carry, which is. Not too shabby, if you ask me. Like, when he's healthy, he's one of the most dynamic playmakers. And this year, there's no reports of any injuries whatsoever. So, 
I think he deserves to be paid like a top running back, whether that will happen or not. Um, the time will tell. To be to be clear, I'm, I I meant top, not top five in my opinion, but he's definitely top ten for sure. But yeah, okay. not top five for me. I think a Camaro works best with like a like a lightning thunder combo, yeah. like um. Like you need that thunder for Kamara because once the defense is worn out, that's when you run Kamara on the outside yeah. or straight up the middle. I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get you yards, but you got to get that guy to wear him out because Kamara can't do yeah. that himself. But I feel like, I mean, the same thing with um, Austin Eckler too. Like he's a good running back, but he needs that combo. And yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because in between the tackles, like he also can get wear, worn down because he's not the biggest guy, and I feel like that contributed to those injuries also. Because um, at the beginning of the season, they were running him a lot. And um, he did struggle with some ankle injuries and stuff. So I think he needs that good compliment. Um, maybe they will um, uh, run Latavius Murray more to start the season. Because I feel like they, weren't, they were strictly focused on running Kamara uh, at the beginning of the season until he got hurt. Um, but I think if they can um, split the carries a little better... Um, I think uh, Kamara will have a really good season. All right, man. Um, with that being said, is there any last thoughts? Anything you want to say before the show gets wrapped up? Uh, I'm, I'm ready not. for some playoff basketball tonight. Oh, I got class in like 10 minutes, man. Um, I think, all right, th- yeah, everybody is in their apartment right now, except for me, I'm at home. But we got Jamal. Thank you, Jamal. Thank you, Amit. Thank you, Don, for being on the show. Um, I can't wait to be over there. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm come stop by one day. Yes, sir. And and also, um, Jamal. Who... <laughs> yes, you. They drafted him. All right, well, whatever. All right, uh, yeah, once again, thank you guys for having me. I'll trade you Latavius thank Murray you. for Camara. Jamal. So <laughs> I, I have Latavius. All right, whatever. See you guys. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Peace. Have a good one. Bye.